What's up, friends, and welcome into Betting Pros College Football Early Line Look for Week 6. We got the look ahead for all the early lines, adjusted lines, the movement, all the crazy stuff, and I got the dynamic duo of Thor Nystrom on Twitter at ThorKU and Eric Froton at CF Froton. Boys, we are here to get through all the games, try to get ahead once again. I think in some instances it didn't quite matter where we got too far ahead, but the advantage of getting into some picks made me some money this week. So may I say I love you both. I just I love you guys for making me money. We're going to do it again here, though. I do want to do our ritual Colorado conversation at the top that I feel like one of the biggest bets this week was centered around Thor. You and I talked about that Colorado USC, that line between like 24 and 21. And it didn't matter because Colorado made it a thing and people probably made some good cash jumping up on Colorado. I know you had it at 24 and a half. It moved up to 21 and a half. So they are going to have an interesting matchup this week up against uh, ASU, which you and I were talking about ahead of time. But anything else of note from week five that you want to hit on real quick? There was a couple games we won because we punched the, the ticket in on Sunday. The Colorado one didn't end up mattering. Early on in that game, it looked like it would. You know, USC raced out to that 21-point lead, but obviously Colorado played pretty well in the second half. But yeah, there was a couple where because of the threshold depending on the day of that you bought the ticket you won or lost so a uh, decent week but yeah let, let, let's find some winners today that's right froton and we were talking about this off air we don't have to get into all the details about it but it's been a very interesting year as far as like the player props go in college football and uh the books might be pushing a little bit further uh, it's got a little bit harder to jump in on it but how did the uh, player market go for you this weekend Player market was incredible. You know, went 19 and 9, 69% giggity, and uh, four for five on the outlines with plus 300s or more. This is the first week that DraftKings has allowed outlines on college football player props. And in addition to that, they've changed kind of the structure of how they're allowing you to go and bet in person at the brick and mortars because they want to track you on the apps. Okay, the, the props dropped on Wednesday. And if you had the app, you know, for DraftKings, you could do it through that. However, if you tried to do it through the traditional brick and mortar locations, which has had been, you know, pretty much a staple up to this point, you could not place a single college props bet until Friday afternoon. They're getting smashed on these plays and they're trying to mitigate the damages. Do not let them do it. But be forewarned, if you're betting on the app and you're doing well, which if you're listening to myself, Thor... Uh, you're going to be doing pretty well on the props front. They're going to come for you. So you have to have other options. Mm, okay. I love alt lines. I like NFL alt lines. One of my favorite things has been finding some of my favorite 25 plus receiving yards, parlaying them together to get into plus money. And I would have been two straight weeks of hitting it if it weren't for Jordan Addison in the <laughs> NFL. But that's for another discussion, Thor. We're not going to talk about your Vikings talk and Jordan about Addison getting no targets. We're not going to hey, talk about him getting no targets. Right? No, we're it's talking about college here, not the NFL and Jordan Addison. Me and Erickson are weeping. All right, let's talk about the games here. We're jumping into Saturday. We've got a bunch of great games. We've got yeah. a bunch of big, big, big record teams. We've got uh, top 25 across the board. A little bit later, we're also going to be talking to you guys about some line movement and some potential for adjusted line standout. So that's going to be towards the end here. But let's just jump right in to this top game here. Oklahoma, Texas, 5-0, 5-0. The line opened up, Texas at 5.5. Thor, we're going to start with you on this one. Your adjusted line, though, 
comes in about two and a half points lower. So Texas five and a half favorite on the books now, but you're seeing only a three point favorite. So is that an Oklahoma bet? I think so. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're baking in there. The books are baking in or the market's baking in uh, attacks on Texas. I'm not sure if it's justified in this spot. These teams are closer than that. I think the fair line is three. I mean, maybe three and a half if, if you want to, you know, give a little bit of a tax, but that thing at five and a half, that is, that is too high. And it, you have room to move it down, you know, like, you know, cause it's not going to go over the, the key numbers or whatever. Um, so you could potentially, you know, if you, you're like myself, you like Oklahoma, I'm going to wait through today um, and see if in the morning that thing is at six, because it doesn't hurt you if it's down to five and a half. The difference between five and a half and four and a half, not, I mean, very, very rarely knock on wood, is it going to come back to bite you? Whereas you get from five and a half to six could be helpful. So that that's one where I'll just be waiting a little bit. But yeah, Oklahoma is the play. I pity you for your show you have to do on Wednesday if you're going to tell Bogman any of that business, <laughs> by the way. He will not hear it, UT. You just tell him to zip it. This is a big one. This is a big week for him. He's going to be all UT. But like you said, I mean, at this point, three-point favorite, maybe anything Oklahoma. You can wait because even if you got to three and a half, not that you'd want it, if you can play the hook, if you're going to play Oklahoma, that might be in favor there. So, Froton, what do you think about this one? What is the early line? What do the adjustments look like? What kind of line movement are we looking at? Yeah, you know, it's Caesars had this up there at minus seven, you know, and we've we've got a pretty good arbitrage opportunity a little bit because, like I was saying, you know, it's it's there's no there's not really a consensus that's been built yet because you have plus four and a half at you know at showtime on FanDuel minus seven at Caesars and that five to five and a half everywhere else. So we'll see things kind of you know tighten up, but like I, I agree with Thor. I think you see this kind of moving towards that three mark. And I don't see any reason why that wouldn't be the case. I mean, obviously, Texas is Texas. Everybody wants to do well. But this Oklahoma team has been a wagon as well. Uh, handled Cincinnati very well. Destroyed Iowa State. This is their first big test, though. So this is uh, we'll find out what we got with OU. Do you guys either you think there's any like total play here or is this going to be just a straight play Oklahoma on the front? Uh, Froton, do you think there's going to be any total play? I'm going to lay off the total right now, you know, just because these are both kind of defensive, at least Oklahoma is. Brent Venables has turned this defense around. I mean, they were a sieve last season. They were terrible. So the fact that both of these teams are fielding pretty solid defenses, I mean, I you want to believe that this has got shootout all written all over it. But uh, I am going to take a step back and, and kind of wait and see to see how this moves. Yeah, Thor, I'm seeing uh, 58 was the Vegas line, and you got 60 actually on this. So is do you think that's going to be something to watch on the total or just maybe stay away in general? I would lean over, yeah. Um, you know, what what you're hoping for, you you go over, is that it's a, a pretty competitive game, and that's what I think it's going to be. Um, I, I think both these teams absolutely have a shot to crack the 30-point barrier in, in a kind of game like that. So I would absolutely lean the over, and – Texas's defense, it gives you um, real, real problems if you can't throw, you know, if you're you need to be led by your running foot. But I think Oklahoma can avoid that nasty defensive line pretty decent here with the way that they play and trying to do the the quick hitting passes, whatever to the outside. It's a better way to, to attack the Texas defense. So, yeah, I, I you know, I would lean the over in this one. 
All right, so there you go. I mean, not every time, by the way, when we look at some of these early lines, are there bets for everybody? Not every single game we talk about with the early line is a bet. Sometimes we tell you to wait for it. Here is one where there might be some bets you can take advantage of. Let's move over to another uh, set of undefeateds, Maryland against Ohio State. OSU 5-0 and versus 4-0. and This line opened up around 18 on OSU. So, Froton, let's start with you. Uh, Thor's line is a little bit lower, it looks like. So what say you on uh, any line movement to be looking out for, what to look out for for this game in your eyes? Yeah, well, last weekend I was on the field for that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. And, uh, my gosh, I mean, in terms of being up close and personal, that first half I had real concerns about what we saw out of their starting quarterback, Kyle McCord. You know, this is a first-year starter. Um, you're dealing with an injury to Marvin Harrison that week as well. You know, we're off a uh, a bye week, but look, he was down on the field and he was dinged up. That that gives me pause. That gives me concern. Maryland has been, you know, a, a buzzsaw. They've had a nice, tidy little schedule. Obviously, it's it's showtime now against Ohio State. But this it, this is more of a defense oriented Ohio State. Like their their defensive line was exceptional against Notre Dame. Like we kind of expected that. I, I thought we might get a little more uh, of a scoring fest, and uh, that didn't happen. Obviously, as a result, we got a rock fight. I think it's because that defense is legit. I don't think that Maryland's going to be able to exert their will. Um, I was at the Elite Eleven final in Redondo Beach this summer. Talia Tagovailoa was there as one of the counselors. I watched him throw in person, and I was less than impressed in terms of how he looked compared to Penix and Jaden Daniels, who were also there as part of the counselors and stuff, going through the ropes, going through their progressions. And uh, I think that with the way Ohio State's defense is looking this year, you know, this is year two of Knowles, and he has clearly got his system in place now. I think they're going to be able to handle uh, Maryland, and I, I feel pretty good about laying these points. Finally, Thor, for Ohio yeah, State. Thor and Thor. There's not a big difference so far on your adjusted line to what we're seeing on the public. So, what do you, what do you think on this game? Is this something that, regardless of whatever it is, we're talking, we're hitting OSU? Is there something you want to wait for? Is there a play in this game early on? Well, I think the objectively fair line in this game is Ohio State minus seventeen and a half, but going over eighteen, it's another irrelevant number. So, I, you know, I don't think that there's anything right now with it sitting in that dead zone at eighteen and a half or whatever that you're going to be that's going to inspire you to bet this thing today um you know if if, if it comes back down to 17 and a half and it looks like a, a 17 is in play that would sort of change things or if it goes the other direction we're at 19 and a half on the precipice of 20 i would imagine there's better odds of the former as opposed to the latter but right now that's not one where we have to bet it today so, but what side are you going to look? I know you just kind of laid out, like if it gets to 19, it sounds like you might hit Maryland. If it gets to 17, you're interested in no issue. But like, is there one you want to hit? Is there one that you want to see in this I game? I would prefer the cash to flow in on Ohio State and and get a shot at potentially 20. But I, I don't know that it can get up a point and a half that direction. And like I said, the 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 side to me would be Maryland. Um, if, you know, if we can get any... Um, you know, the, the advantage on that side of it, if, if it gets pushed up that way. But yeah, if, where it is right now, there, there's no value for a Sunday, early Monday bet with that line there. All right. We've got LSU, who is three and two, 
battling it out with Missouri, who is five and zero. Oh. So LSU is coming in six and a half point road favorite currently. But Thor, we'll kick it off with you here. Your adjusted line is showing us if the line is at six and a half. We there's tons of movement by the time you guys listen to this. But like we're seeing over or at least two points of value on your system in favor of Missouri. So is Missouri going to be a bet here for you? What uh, what do you think on LSU, Missouri? Yeah, as a Kansas alum, you know, it uh, it's hard for me to advocate you putting your money on Missouri, but this is an objectively inflated line. Uh, LSU, they keep getting more credit than they deserve because of their name, the name brand, and our expectations heading into the season. And while the offense on LSU has absolutely met those expectations, their LSU's defense is a travesty. And the lines are not yet reflecting that. Uh, this would be an example of that. Missouri can do some stuff on offense. It's not the most high-powered, super-powered kind of offense, but they do have a high-octane NFL talent in Luther Burden. LSU can't cover mediocre receivers. Luther Burden is going to go off in this game. It's going to be like a 10 catch for more than 150 yards and multiple touchdowns kind of game. And with laying the six and a half, it's, it's too many points. But you know that uh, the public is going to be on LSU just because of the the name brands. I'm I'm going to be watching that one close for the rest of the day because um, I would love to to get a seven ticket on Missouri. But that's that's sort of where we're at right now. My line being LSU minus four. So Froton, do you think we could see what type of line movement do you think is going to be attached to this game? Do you think we could get this to seven? Pipe dream seven and a half. What do you think on this game? Yeah, for me, I, I mean, what am I looking? I'm looking at that over under because if you watched LSU versus Ole Miss this week that game almost went over in the first half if we're talking about the 62 and a half line right now because as stated LSU it's it's real they're in trouble here and with Missouri we've already seen them take out Kansas State who is a damn quality team you know uh, that I, I certainly have some respect for and especially on the coaching side of things uh, with the way that LSU looked with their complete they didn't get a single they weren't even anywhere near Jackson Dart last weekend. They didn't get a sack. They weren't even harassing him. They were do he had all the time in the world to do whatever he wanted. And if you're gonna allow that to happen, I know this is Brady Cook, but like Thor said, you know, yet Cody Schrader is doing just fine in terms of on the ground. Like they're able to at least have a pretty decent push. They're gonna be able to do what they want. LSU they're not going to be stopped by Missouri either. While the defense is decent, like I don't think they're going to be able to stop. Jaden Daniels is legit. You got Malik Neighbors. Brian Thomas has really emerged this season yeah. too as a very strong number two. He's put himself in NFL draft, you know, uh, sort of circles now with everybody looking. So Logan Diggs as well had a really nice game. He's been looking good on the ground. Like this offense, I don't have a problem with for LSU. It's as we say, it's the D. I can't see this game not be in a boat race like i'm i'm looking over i think it ends up ticking up from 62 and a half so thor what do you think though because your system eight points eight point differential from what that line opened up that was so interesting hearing froton talk about that but we got a 62 open it looks like the over and and you have got 54 on that so is that something you can tell because there's a ton of, bunch of value on the under uh, I would say where you're going with this, but is that something you want to touch? Do not bet any LSU unders this year. I, <laughs> I forbid it. I'm going to be going into my system, pulling the wires back, getting deep in there and trying to see why it is, why I was advocating for an under on LSU. LSU is a weird team, like with the, the handicap thing, because every game they play in, it's going to facilitate a shootout. It is LSU's only path to win. 
And talent-wise, they, they do have more talent than most of the opponents that they play. So it is going to force shootouts. They can't win a low-scoring game. And they're often too good for it to be a low-scoring game. So, that, I mean, that's that's what you're going to see. That uh, My system has made a terrible mistake when I get off. I'm going to have a talking to with it. But don't bet an under <laughs> on an LSU game all year. <laughs> You know what could be it could be fun though. Just throw out is what if if your system is going to have it, you might have some other systems out there. If could we have a chance of that line getting pulled down at all, or do you think everyone's going to be like LOL and just smash overs? Because I'm just wondering if systems at all are going to play to unders. What if that line comes down a little bit more? Then are we talking about hey, this is a fun over to this is a smash over? I don't know what you think about that, Froton. Uh, I think, yeah, I mean, certainly we approach smash over potential, but I mean, it, in addition to that, if we're talking overs, I can't wait to see what the the alt lines are listed on for LSU and for, uh, you know, Luther Burden from Missouri. Like, where are those guys going to be lined? Because you, you can see set some that prop nuclear... line high enough for Burden yeah. this week. This is yeah. why this is why we have alt lines. Yeah. This is why we, you know, you we we salivate at the the potential of that. And the good thing about alt lines too is. The books, they're not going to mess with you, especially on the apps, if you're going with alt lines, because they perceive that to be more risk. And all they want to do is isolate you to a clean one-on-one -on -one bet where they're getting you at minus 135. Not when they're getting you at plus 300, because they think you're taking on the risk. For In time, this game, they're taking on the risk. I, I, I would like to start a new segment here of you guess the closing uh, line on Luther Burden. Or you guess, Froton <laughs> guesses the closing line. So just for context for the audience... I'm going to give you Luther Burden's five receiving lines so far, and then Froton's going to guess what his receiving total closes out against LSU. Five games so far for Luther Burden, 7961, 8-1-17-0, 7-1-14-2, 10-1-77-0, and then this past week against Vanderbilt, 11-1-40-2. Where does that receiving total against LSU end? I haven't seen a receiving total above I want to say a Dunze is the highest I've seen. He was about 109 and a half. So like you, he would have to, I, that's been the ceiling in terms of wide receivers. So I'm going to, I'm going to put him at like, I'm going to put him at 104 and a half because it's LSU. And that's what the book see is. Like you said, they see the initialism, just LSU. And they're going to probably put him there. He might even be under a hundred. You might even get him at, if you Oof. get him under a hundred, I mean, it's smash. Let's go and let's get the alt line too, because then you get a one twenty five plus alt line that's going to be at like one seventy five plus, you know, maybe plus two hundred, and that's a dream. I mean, that's one twenty five if you can get plus money on it, plus one fifty, plus one hundred fifty. I mean, how can we not? Thor? How can we not? He's gone. Let's get that Thor graphic. Hundred fourteen. Hammer graphic. Yeah, it. four straight. Yeah. He's gone over hundred four. You know, hundred fourteen or above, whatever. And he's not gone under seven catches in a game too. So the receptions are something to look at too. And and, yep. and LSU doesn't they, they don't dare put out receptions. Yeah, they usually. can't get heat on the quarterback. And then they also have this bizarre strategy with their coverage where they give you all the cushion. You always have separation. Like the guys will just do the shallow cross and on the other side of the field, the field's just wide open. You have a halo around you. They just catch it for a free, you know, five yards there and then you turn up field. There's nobody there, invariably. I, I don't know what's going on with that team, but yeah, smash the burden overs this week. All right, you guys got your bet. You got what to look for. One more game in the early, like this is like a noon game, I think, but right in the early-ish slate. We've got Washington State, who's 4-0, going against UCLA. UCLA is a three-point favorite-ish in the market here. Froton, let's start with you. What type of line movement are we looking at? Have we seen already? Because it looks like you've got something big for us on this one. Guys, 
This is the line drop of the week so far when it comes to the game total. Started out at 67 and a half. Mm. We are now sitting at 58 and a half, wow. plus or minus when we're looking around here, uh, depending on where you're looking at for the, for right now. Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, that's that, that's as big as it gets. And we're talking about Washington State. Man, what, what more can you say about this Wazoo team? Hey, Luke Fickle, welcome to the Power Five. Bang, takes out Wisconsin. Oh, well, here we go. You know, last week or, you know, uh, their last game they played, Oregon State, who just handled Utah, gave up seven points. You know, I mean, no problem with Utah, Oregon State. And Wazoo handled them pretty easily. They're throwing heat. All right. They're 9.6 yards per pass. They're almost averaging a, a first down every single pass attempt. 15th in success rate, 20th in EPA per play. Um, you know, this is a Wazoo team that is fully formed and Jake superior Dickard uh, deserves all the praise that he's getting on the other side, UCLA uh, 12th in pace. You know, they still want to rock and roll here. DTR gone. Charbonnet gone. Bobo gone. And you can see that Dante Moore superstar, five-star prospect who I had the pleasure of watching at the elite 11 last year. Uh, the kid's great. I think he's going to be a star, but he has to come up to speed a little bit here. He's a true freshman, and he's working with a whole new set of skill position players that are relatively unproven. Um, when it comes to them, I mean, this isn't the UCLA team of 2022. 44th EPA per play, 67th success rate, 68th in points per drive. They're only putting up 23 points a game. They're leaning on their D. I mean, when was the last time a Chip Kelly team leaned on their defense? You know, fifth in EPA per play. 3.9 yards per play. That's pretty damn good. I mean, that's second in the country. So that's really what we're looking at here is that the, the markets are expecting Wazoo to be able to suppress, uh, you know, Dante Moore a little bit, give them some problems with Carson Steele and Tamari and Harden carrying the ball. Um, but, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I just, I like Wazoo. I, I, I like what they've been doing. Cam Ward looks like a different player this year now that he's got – um, you know, you hear people saying, was it Ben Arbuckle at Western Kentucky or was it Zach Kitley? Well, maybe it was Ben Arbuckle who was doing it because they're rocking and rolling. I like Wazoo, and I think that this is an overcorrection here. And uh, I'm going to go on the other side there with the flat 58 and a half. I, I'm leaning on that over, and I like Wazoo. Minus three, give it to me. Well, though, this is going to be interesting because it's three. Your system has a four and a half, 4.7 to be exact. So we're closing in on two point differential in favor of UCLA on this. And I would also throw out is got a two point higher than what that drop on the total was. So are you with the wazoo? Your system says not on the UCLA play. What do you think about this? One? Yeah, this might be a uh, first disagreement with Froton today. Um, I'm, I'm on UCLA in this one. UCLA coming off a bye, so they'll have the the two weeks. And then uh, Wazoo, a team that plays much better in Pullman, we know that. Now they need to go on the road to this team that's coming off a bye. That, Like Froton's mentioning, UCLA has a really good defense this year. Dante Moore, that, you know, as the true freshman, it's the one thing that concerns you about this game. UCLA uh, right now 87th in passing success rate, 113th in passing completion rate. 117th in interception rate. That is a concern for sure. But UCLA's defense is really good. Uh, right now, 15th uh, rushing success rate. Number one suppressing mark, uh, explosiveness in the run game for the opponent. They're also 
topically to this game because obviously Wazoo and, and Cam Ward throw a lot. 44th in passing success rate on defense for UCLA, 32nd suppressing the explosiveness, and they're top five in the nation in yards per dropback allowed. I, I think UCLA's defense can do stuff here to a Wazoo offense that's now traveling on the road. And we've seen in the, the Pac-12 this scenario where it's like, you know, the, the team that's been hot, it goes on the road, and then things go the other way. Um, I, I got bit by it last week trying to support Utah against Oregon State. And then Utah is obviously a different team on the road than they are at home. You could say the same thing about Wazoo. I I think this is a sneaky spot here for, for UCLA to, uh, you know, sort of affirm themselves, make their statement to the nation in this game. This will be a good one to track. We can be able to, you have another, you have anything else on this Froton? Obviously on the other side, you know, and Thor's not right. I mean, I, I totally understand his methodology. I, I guess my concern is that UCLA hasn't played anybody. So while those numbers are incredible, I mean, they're averaging, they're allowing 12 points a game, you know, I mean, that's phenomenal. Coastal Carolina, San Diego, a horrific San Diego state team. Let me personally assure you of that as a resident, UNC Central, and then Utah went and throttled them. You know, 5% win expectancy in that Utah game. They haven't, they haven't beaten anybody any good. They couldn't do anything against Utah. And now, like, I think we're ascribing a little more talent to them and, and putting a little more into those numbers that don't carry weight because of the opponents. I've seen Wazoo do it against two damn good teams. So that's just my methodology and why I, I feel that way. But, hey, yeah, well, maybe we get another helmet bet, Thor. I, I was so. about to say the Wazoo UCLA. This is the Thor versus Photon yep. Bowl. Yeah. So we'll we'll come back to that for next week. You guys want to track all of the bets from the pros and just some of the people that are hot? Go over to the Betting Pros app today. Download that on iOS or Android. You can follow the top experts, top rated betters, betters that are on hot streaks, and you can get instant notifications. Now I am no college big better, but I will tell you, you are going to see the bets that I put up there if you decide to follow me that we talk about on this show, or I've talked about with Froton and Thor. I follow those. Texas A&M, smash. I had that early in the week, but you can follow Thor. So don't follow my hot streaks is really what I'm saying. Unless you're on the NFL props, I've been very good there. But Thor, you can get locked in with all of his bets. You can make yours and tons of others. You can customize the notifications to the sport, to ROI positive markets for the betters that you follow. At the end of the day, take advantage of all the awesome features. Download the Betting Pros app today at bettingpros.com slash apps, or just go to Betting Pros on your app store. Get locked in and get jamming, my friends. Let's go to some afternoon games. Alabama and Texas A&M, the aforementioned 4-1, 4-1. Alabama's got a hook, 3.5 favorite, but Thor, you got your system as an almost pick em. Slight little favorite to Alabama, but this is under a point differential. Uh, so Alabama, Texas A&M, is there a bet for you? Are you going to take A&M on this, especially with that hook? What do you Definitely. think? Definitely. I think A&M going to win this game. Uh, <laughs> money line. Oh, so we got a money line bet then yeah, too. Yeah, we're, you know, this is one we're monitoring because right now being at three and a half, you like A&M, you don't want it to toggle to three. You lose a little bit of value there, but you gain the value gets to four. So I'm I'm watching that one closely right now. The the market, the sharks are sort of circling it, but we are at, at three and a half as we record this on Sunday afternoon. But either way, I'm all over AM this week. I don't care the Max. I said this last week when we were talking about the AM Arkansas game. I do not care that Max Johnson is starting instead of instead of Connor Wiegman. They're different quarterbacks, but qualitatively, I don't see Max Johnson as a drop-off in there. Now he has, you know, now it's a game and a half that that he's had sort of getting his sea legs back under him. Max Johnson's obviously super duper experienced as well. 
I really like AM's defense. Uh, last year, it was super one sided where they just couldn't stop the run, but they were really good against the pass last year. Now they're they're good against both. They can also run the ball. They have various weapons. Anaya Smith coming off the injury. Now it's been three straight good games for him. And by the way, this is one of my prop angles from last week. Max Johnson loved looking at Anaya Smith earlier on when he, you know, during his tenure at Texas A&M when he got starts. So, I, you know, the two good games Anaya Smith had had and then into last week, that was a smash overplay and it easily got there. He, he got there very, very early. I think this could be a week to go over on, on Max Johnson's passing yards in addition to that. But either way, uh, A&M in College Station is a very real threat threat to Alabama, and I think they beat them. I very much like watching them, and I very much like cashing my Texas A&M tickets last week. So we might just write it again. Froton, what do you think? What type of line movement? Where is the play in your eyes in this game? Oh, boy. Well, in terms of the consensus, where, you know, as we discussed, uh, this DraftKings put this at minus three. Consensus was minus seven and a half for a while here. I don't know how that'll transpire when it finally comes down to uh, when this drops, but it was, it's kind of a, you know, legitimate outlier with DraftKings. And that's, uh, it's more in line with what Thor was talking about. You know, we were at seven and a half and we're dropping and it's going to keep dropping. And I, I'm right there with them. Well, I guess my concerns here on each team, you look at A&M and, you know, they beat a flawed Arkansas team, 34, 22. They, they rushed for 42 yards on 39 carries. I mean, I don't know what what you want to do on that. I mean, that's that's just terrible. Um, lost to BYU, eighty six percent win expectancy. You know uh, that Arkansas team. It's just a terrible Arkansas team. So it's hard for to really gauge it. You know, they held Auburn to two hundred total yards, fifty six passing yards. Texas A and M. This D is real. You know, like it's it's been doing it. Second in defensive returning production too. So this is a very this is a, a battle tested defense. And going up against an Alabama team, look, they're averaging 350 yards a game was the last time Alabama did that. You know, the, the McElroy era? Like, this is this is a throwback Alabama team. You saw they were afraid to let Jalen Miller throw. He threw 12 passes last week, you know, against Mississippi State, a, a, a cream puff who's clearly in the rebuild over there in the SEC West. You know, 54th in yards per play. 51st in success rate, 62nd in EPA per play. Alabama's running, they're 100th in team pace. Like, this is a totally different Derrick Henry-esque sort of a team, and they don't want to put the ball in the air. And that's a problem because this is a, they're one-dimensional. My only concern about AM is, unlike Thor, man, I do have concerns about Max Johnson. Um Anaya Smith, I also was on that prop. Good call. Absolutely. And the reason why is you saw it when he got in in that first contest, you know, when he came in halfway through when Connor Wegman got hurt, he was focusing on the middle of the field. He doesn't feel comfortable hitting those outs. And that suppressed, you know, an incredible wide receiver, Evan Stewart. And it caused him to kind of lock on to that Anaya Smith because he needs that guy dragging. He needs to do the quick slants. He needs to see right in front of himself. He isn't as confident to the boundaries. And when you're playing against an, an Alabama defense, which both these teams, the strengths of these defenses, I mean, these two rock solid Ds and these a couple of flawed offenses, you know? So um, I feel pretty good about the under here because uh, I think we're going to get a rock fight. That's kind of what Alabama has been breeding a little bit. Look what they did against Ole Miss. Ole Miss has got a legit offense. They scored, they scored on the first drive 
uh, Jackson Dart went and strolled in the end zone, and they got a, a, a field goal the rest of the game and looked horrible. I think they're going to be able to shut it down. I, I think we got a rock fight on our hands. All right, so we got a Thor, Texas A&M, and a Froton Under, if you guys are looking at that. Let's go over to Syracuse and North Carolina. 4-1 and one Syracuse, 4-0 and oh North Carolina. The line has a 9.5 favorite on North Carolina. Thor, we're going to get to you in a second because your system has got something very interesting. But Froton, why don't you talk to us about, uh, this isn't one of your Froton uh, locked-in games that we have on some of these, but is there any movement, anything that you want to uh, drop into this one? Anything we should be looking out for? Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to North Carolina, you know, uh, took out South Carolina, you know, did a pretty good job with that. Um, had a little stumble against Appalachian State, but, man, they had no issues with Minnesota and Pitt. I mean, Drake May looks like he's back. And this is a talented team. you got to remember with North Carolina, they take a lot of heat, you know, for their defense, which, of course, last year they certainly deserved it, but – they're 15th in terms of 247 sports overall talent ratings, extremely talented team, you know, and they're playing with a, you know, we were worried about what it's going to look like with Longo going out. They're playing at a quick pace, 73 plays per game. That's 22nd in the country. Um, their pasty, which was horrific last season, 34th in overall team performance, allowing 6.6 yards per pass. That's 38th in the country. Um, 27th in EPA per play overall defensively. So I don't have any real reservations about this offense, given that Drake May, you know, has proven his mettle. Um, but, you know, their defense has been better. And this is a, a Syracuse team. Look, they were getting handled by Purdue. And, and you know, Thor and I, we, we can't wait to talk about Purdue, can we? But uh, they were getting killed. And they, through sheer force of will with Garrett Schrader, just, they just said, no more throwing the ball. We are going to do the RPO every single down. And Garrett Raider, Schrader is just going to run over that entire defensive you know, unit. And he did. And they proceeded to come back in the fourth quarter, score three touchdowns, and end up winning that game. So um, this Syracuse team, we know what they want to do. They want to run the ball on you as much as they possibly can. That's the weakness of North Carolina, you know, 79th. I do think this is probably going to be a, a closer game than is expected, but uh, you know, I don't have a, a real big play on this. I'm more interested in hearing what Thor thinks. I, I, your call, my man. Yeah, well, Thor, this actually, this uh, knowing you as I have over the last two years and doing shows with you, I can see something key here. This crosses a very nice line between what the public line is and what your system has, and that is that touchdown hook because the system's around nine and a half, or I'm sorry, the the lines that are public, nine, nine and a half. You've got this almost a four-point differential down at five and a half. So that cross is a full touchdown marker. And that seems, in my mind, if I know my Thor, that's a slam on Syracuse right now. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it, you know, for sure. Um, I am waiting, though, because the money has gone in on North Carolina. You know, there are a couple of those nine and a halfs. Monitoring this thing to see if I can get a 10. I, I, I would love to get a 10 on Syracuse. So I'm holding off just right now. Um, I, I like this North Carolina team enough, but it's flawed, right? I mean, it, it just is. And uh, Syracuse can run the ball. I thought Syracuse was going to run a little bit better against Clemson than it, it turned out that they, they did. But then again, the game script went against them. They had to start throwing the ball a little bit more. I, I, I think they can get back on track, certainly, uh, with the stampeding on the ground thing against this soft North Carolina defense. 
And I do expect North Carolina to win. I just think that this thing is going to be decided closer, a one possession kind of thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be waiting, see if I can get that, that 10. But if not, uh, we'll fire at seven and a half. That's fine, too. All it's right, in the let's go. Dome too. In the carrier yeah, dome. Let's go with that bad boy. Uh, let's move over to Kentucky and Georgia. There's not a big differential, Thor, in your system versus what's publicly. These are two 5-0 and teams, but Georgia has a 15-point spread as we were recording this in favor currently. So is there a bet that you want to jump in on since you're kind of in line with Vegas? Yeah, my, my number's right there uh, at, at Georgia minus 14.8. I would play the under, though, in this game. Uh, we, we've seen, you know, the, the the concern always with Georgia, it's a sleepwalking thing. Right. Like, are they going to is it going to be full effort in this game? Whatever um, you, you'd think, maybe you're going to get a better one after they had problems with Auburn, a team that literally cannot throw the ball, literally cannot throw the ball. And Auburn still stayed literally. with them in, until the end of that game. Touchdown uh, result, whatever. I like this Kentucky team for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it, this has nothing to do with Kentucky. It just is Georgia going to be engaged in like uh, the, 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 you know, Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator, you know, is, is Kirby Smart going to walk out and give the thumbs down for Kentucky and let's kill these guys that we just don't know. I do like the under though. My, my system has a, a total on this one of 41 points, which is a little over a touchdown under what the market has right now. I think either way, Georgia going to be looking to establish their run against Kentucky, get that thing going. Um, and then Kentucky, I, I think that's the same on the other side. Ray Davis has been a revelation for Kentucky. Um, last week, I made the mistake of going under on Ray Davis's rushing total, which he taught me a lesson in the first quarter. Like he ripped off like a 75-yard touchdown. It's like, oh, we're, we're almost already there. Um, he's been great for them. Obviously, Leary has uh, been too. And Georgia can get explosive plays on offense. They have both the efficiency and, and the explosion there. Um, but I... For me, this is one where you lean under, and I I think that's an early week bet where you can bet under. All right, Froton, what do you got here? I see some line movement that you've found in this game, so uh, talk to us. Yeah, this is a big line move, and this is a classic game where um, some of these contests, like a Kentucky versus Georgia, which is a somewhat higher-profile matchup, you can get these lines way earlier. You know, they end up opening in May, uh, sometimes in August. But, you know, this opened on May 6th, and it opened at 24 and 51 and a half on the total that has since plummeted down to the aforementioned uh, 15 right now on Georgia with a 45 and a half, depending, you know, somewhere in that ballpark on the over under. And, and the reason why is because as, as Thor, you know, articulated, this isn't death star Georgia anymore. There's been turnover on that offensive side and they're not running the ball with impunity like the Georgia teams of your, you know, uh, they went for three and a half yards per carry, 107 yards rushing uh, last week against Auburn. I mean, Auburn's got a, you know, a nice stout defensive front, but this is Georgia and three and a half yards per carry. That's not what we're looking at. Kentucky has a much better defensive line and run defense than Auburn does. I feel good about that. And this Georgia, you know, 27 to 20, they outlasted Auburn. Two weeks ago before that uh, against South Carolina, 24 to 14. Like, this isn't the 45 points a game we're used to here. This is sort of a reset, you know, an offensive sense. They're getting from Georgia. And on the other side, you know, Kentucky dominated Florida last weekend. I mean, that was, you know, it was a pretty close game, but it was not a pretty close game. 98% win expectancy was a close line, but, man, they, there was no doubt about that. They didn't even have to, like you were saying, they didn't even have to throw the ball. I think, he, I think Devin Leary had under 100 yards passing. They just kept handing it to Ray Davis for 280 and three. 
it was wild. But um, the other four games, low-level competition, you know, and they played down the level of Ball State. They beat them at 47% win expectancy in week one. They're D, third and pass defense overall, you know, 13th rusher, ninth in EPA per play. I, I completely agree with Thor. I, I don't see this – I see this being a slow, grinded-out, classic defensive battle that we were accustomed to in the old SEC before, the, you know, the offensive explosion – and I, I like the under, and I like, frankly, Kentucky to cover. I mean, if they, if I feel like Kentucky's a better team than Auburn, I feel like they're a better team than South Carolina, I, I think they can keep it around because they can run. All right, final game on our main slate, and then we got just a couple uh, extras for you guys. We've got Notre Dame and Louisville. Notre Dame is 5-1. and one. Louisville is 5-0. and oh. This opened up with Notre Dame as a seven-point favorite. There's a little bit of a difference in Thor's adjusted line, which we're going to talk about, but you've got some wild line changes across the books, Proton. So give us your thought on this game, if there's a play, what line movements to look at. Give us a lowdown. Yeah, the early markets, you know, I don't know how it'll be when we finally drop and you guys listen to in the morning, but uh, a lot of instability, you know, and competition is so good. And, and we talk about it off air about how we all have our tabs open and which books are which. You're not getting the same lines everywhere when these open, and that opens major arbitrage betting opportunities. Uh, for instance, FanDuel was sitting at minus seven. Caesars was at minus four and a half, you know, and that that's right at print, you know, right as we ran this. Two and a half points, um, that is that is a big line when we're talking about a couple of teams that with Notre Dame, they breed close games. I mean, we talked about Ohio State. Saw them last week against Duke. That was an extremely tight game. They were down most of that game and ended up coming back. Um, frankly, and they shouldn't have even covered. It was a one-point game. Then Riley Leonard got hurt, uh, you know, late, late, late in the, the end. But, like, that, they barely squeaked that one out. Their whole game plan, it seems to be 110th in pace. You know, they're not out there looking to gas it up. They want to win the game, you know, and Marcus Freeman is a defensive coach. Anytime you get a team that is a defensive head coach, they're going to want to protect their guys. It's their nature. Believe them. It's like the scorpion and the frog, right? It's my nature when these things I'm going across the river. So that is Marcus Freeman. On the other side, Louisville, hey, I mean, it's the Brom brothers, uh, 109th in pace, though. That's not what we were used to seeing out of the previous Louisville, the pre, you know, the Purdue iteration of the Brom offenses where they were throwing all the time, you know. But they still are. This is uh, a team that is seventh in EPA margin, so they're doing you know both offensively and defensively, they're doing the job. But now they're playing Notre Dame, 49 and a half total. I I I, I am all over that under. Thor, you have got a little bit of value, but enough if we're in that seven or under that seven that we might have those key barometers we're always kind of paying attention to. What do you think on this? This is, a, like I said, seven-point favorite in Notre Dame. Your system is a little bit more pushed on Notre Dame's side. What's your bet? Yeah, my, my line being Notre Dame minus 8.4. If I can get that thing under seven, that's where I'm betting it. Um, I I'm, I got a couple books open. The, the couple I'm seeing right now, it's Notre Dame minus seven. So I gotta I gotta open up a couple more tabs and see if one of my books has the the six and a half. It, this thing's gonna be heading up uh, by kickoff. This thing's gonna be Notre Dame minus seven and a half, eight, maybe even eight and a half, uh, right by my line. Uh, I like Louisville fine. I, I was a bit more bullish on them heading into the year. Uh, certainly a flawed team. 
Um, I don't know that they have enough here against Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame could just grind that team into dust. Uh, Louisville's a little bit soft. And I also am concerned about when Louisville has to throw more, when when this, you know, they're down by 10 in the second half, whatever it is, and now we got to trust Plummer. Plummer makes a little bit too many wonky decisions sometimes. And I, I think uh, Notre Dame's got an ability here to uh, flip the field a couple times. Um, so I – I definitely like Notre Dame. You can get that thing under seven. That's that's a bet right now. All right, we're going into overtime because these are our extras. This is extra time for you. Other line movement and or adjusted line standouts. So, Proton, we'll start with you because you gave us, you've got one um, big one that jumped out to you as far as an other line movement. But I think this also was something that, Thor, you wanted to hit. Iowa-Purdue. So um, let's start with you, Froton. What do you think about this? What made this as a standout out of the big slate? And then uh, we can uh, get your thoughts on that, Thor, because I know this was, like I said, one that popped up in your system. Well, Thor is never going to be short of opinion when it comes to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let me personally assure you of that. A graduate of the Vonnegut Writing School uh, there at in, uh, in Des Moines, I believe. So I was uh, this opened. It's, I was no. saying, ah, sorry, buddy. Sorry. I got you. I got you. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, but it opened up at 36 and a half, and this quickly bumped up to 41 point total. And that is even with, you know, an injured Cade McNamara who you know, has been <laughs> pretty much like every uh, like every Iowa quarterback of the past three, four years, it, it, he is, his performance has been spotty. But so was Deacon Hill, who took over uh, 11 of 27, 4.3 yards per attempt. And this is for an Iowa team that ran for 61 yards on 27 carries against Michigan State. In fact, they were a dream, a rare Double running back listed uh, on the prop scene. You had both Kamari Molten Lava at 43 and a half and LaShawn Williams. You know, welcome back, LaShawn Williams. Uh, at I mean, He was over 60, he was like 60 and a half, up to 68 is where I think he opened. That was the rare double under running backs. I mean, they, they were very, very kind to us at the books. Listing both of them, I took both of them under, I cast both of them. I will do that again and in perpetuity because I just don't have any faith in this Iowa running back uh, duo here. But the point is, like, with Purdue, this Purdue team gets marched on. You know, I watched it in person with, against Wisconsin last weekend because I did the doubleheader Friday, Saturday. So I was there in West Lafayette. And somehow, Purdue managed to turn Tanner Mordecai into an option quarterback. He was a running quarterback against them because all they did was they looked at the Syracuse blueprint that Garrett Schrader, as we talked about, laid out. Where there's like, okay, we can't, we don't seem to be throwing the ball very well. Let's just go abandon the the pass and bludgeon them. And that's exactly what Wisconsin did. You know, Purdue, 80th in rush defense, 82nd in EPA per play on defense, you know, offensively, really flawed. Like they, not a lot of continuity on the ground. Ryan Walters, you know, the new head coach was able to, you know, dismantle a, a very, a complete rebuild, basically. Illinois team that he coached their defense last year. He coached against that offense every day last year on his defense. That defense murdered people. So they were able to handle Illinois. But like we said, Syracuse, Wisconsin, the blueprint is out. Iowa wants to do that. The point is, can they? I think that means you're going to go and bump me at 41 points. Iowa, Purdue, 
I'm going under, and I'm not apologizing for it. I have a hard time seeing how Purdue also is going to move the ball against an Iowa team where Cooper DeJean won the game for them last week. I mean, this uh, yesterday. Stunt. What a superstar that guy is. What a superstar. Takes a punt. Gets an interest. I mean, he's going to be – I mean, second rounder, I would say, is pretty much the floor. He could, he could, he could be a first rounder, you know, and – I just don't see them being able to penetrate that Purdue, that Iowa defense with such a limited offensive attack. I love the under here. Thor, your system, we've almost got five points or maybe right near there, five points of value. This is one we were talking about before. Let's do a, just a quick hitter on uh, this game and where the bet is because the bet's Iowa. Yeah, this is a, a bad number. This, this one should be closer to the touchdown. You know, you're, you're alluding to my line. I have Iowa minus eight. Uh, the market is sick of watching Iowa's offense, apparently. And, you know, I, it appears that they're also baking in a penalty for Iowa going forward. You're going to be starting Deacon Hill as opposed to Cade McNamara. I was talking about this before the show. There's not much discrepancy, in my opinion, between Deacon Hill and 60% Cade McNamara. That's probably being generous. Cade McNamara shouldn't have been playing this year. He he was injured coming out of camp. He was open about that with reporters. Like, and then when they tried to push him a little bit more about like what percentage are you or like, you know, whatever, he wouldn't go there. Um, he was clearly trying to gut it out and you could see that in the pocket, right? Like, I mean, he was protecting himself against that. It was not fun to watch him get hit. Now he's out. You bring in this Deacon Hill kid, uh, maybe not great. The, uh, the early returns weren't the best, but again, it's not Deacon Hill against peak of his powers, Cade McNamara, when he was healthy earlier in his career at Michigan. Different thing. Deacon Hill, a big a big guy that can move around a little bit. I think you're going to see Iowa try to manufacture some more yards out of his legs. Purdue has a very poor defense, as we're sort of mentioning. So I expect a little bit of a better performance from, from Deacon Hill and keep forcing the ball to Eric All and keep cashing our over tickets on him. But um, again, I you you it's not like there's a five point discrepancy between where McNamara was and Deacon Hill in this one. I I expect Iowa to win this one by around a touchdown or so. Froton was mentioning Purdue's uh, the defensive issues that they have, and Purdue. It seems like the market's like, oh, look at Purdue because they they uh, bolt raised Illinois. That Illinois team stinks now. It is not. It's not to say they are so far down. So I mean, like anyone is going to have their way with this Illinois team. Um, the, the play is Iowa in this game in Kinnick. Uh, last up here, these are a couple standouts in Thor's system. We do not have to talk about all of them. I'm really going to be most curious about if these are all going to be bets that you want to smash or if there's one you might pick and poke at. We have a three and a half point differential between Temple and UT, uh, UTSA that comes in at 12 and a half. You've got it at nine. Texas Tech Baylor is actually a one point spread on Baylor uh, or is it Texas Tech? And I think you have Baylor at four and then San Jose. There's over four points differential between San Jose and Boise State. That's a seven and a half point line. Your system has 11.4. So again, the thing is here, we don't have to break every single one down Thor, but is there one or two of these that you want to hit? now that your system has really pushed out as um as values i think you flip the the tech and baylor um i must have yeah, flipped that. Ba baylor's favored that. by one I, but i like tech in that one my my line on that game is, is tech minus 4.3 market giving baylor a lot of credit for finally playing a competent game uh you know i mean we'll see how that works out for them certainly tech has been uh their own sort of level of disappointing this year but they did well in the first game without shock um, I, 
if I was Texas Tech, I wouldn't have run it back with Mr. Shuck. Um, and now Mr. Shuck wants to run it back when he comes back from his season-ending injury by extending his career into a seventh year. If I'm Tech, I just roll it forward with Morton. Um, you saw them run the ball a bit more last week, but that was just because Houston stinks. And that, that they, they were pulling away from them. Um, I, it seems like the market has has given Baylor this credit for the, the one game that they had, and they did not in kind do the same for, for Texas Tech. I like Texas Tech more. I expect Texas Tech to go in there and get a W. Where this line is right now, That this is a bet right now. All right, so there's some extra value play in the front end. Did you have something to add to any of those games? Yeah, I'm surprised that Thor didn't mention that uh, we actually tried to contract Tyler Shuck yeah, to pull our draft order for the, the Big 12 in the 50-teamer two years ago. And and we contacted him on Cameo. He was on Cameo. And we said, hey, you know, uh, we'll give you a little extra. I, I was going to double his fee. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'll do it for $1,500. He was going to pull our draft order for $1,500. Yeah. He thought we were going to pay him that. And he wanted us like, to. Tyler Shuck. We, we, he wanted us to. What? He, wa- he, he was offering, like, I'll come and do it in person. Pay my travel fees. Pay this fee. Pay that fee. <laughs> and then here's the flat rate. And it's like, bro, you you were listed for fifteen dollars. We don't we don't need you here. We just we just want you to turn your phone on and like I want thirty seconds on your phone. Yeah, it's like, bro, it. we're only asking you to pull ten names out of a hat. Like, you know, it was uh, it was really awkward. That was probably the moment when I knew for sure it wasn't happening for Tyler Struck. Yeah, he he cannot be relied upon. Unfortunately, he's, he has the health issues that every year he suffers a, a season ending injury, yeah. whatever. But. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get the best taste in my mouth from Tyler Shuck after our our cameo experience with him. If you can't read the room, so. how are you going to read a D? That's right. You know. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. All right. Well, that is going to be everything for your early line looks for Week Six. Make sure to follow these gentlemen on Twitter, Thor Ku. CF Froton for Froton and lots of player props that are coming out there. You can obviously go and download the Betting Pros app, which I highly suggest you follow everybody. Froton, I don't know if you're on there. Are you on there? I should be promoting you. I don't know. I think you're on there. If if you're not, we're going to get you on there. Uh, But make sure you're following everybody. Get your notifications because you can get all the bets. Like I said, I have Thor's attention during this show. I can't be bugging Thor all week. So how else do I do it? Outside of maybe shooting a little text here or there, I'm going to check him out on the Betting Pros app. You can see all the bets that he's doing. You can tail them yourself. So go and download it today, Betting Pros iOS or Android. Get that today. That is going to do it outside of you guys making sure that you guys are locked into the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash betting pros, because we have got shows coming up Wednesday. It's Bogman, Farrell, it's Thor. You guys are going to be breaking down the slate midweek and on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, it's Farrell and Thor with the Thor's hammers and the Farrell fades. Make sure you're locked in right before the games. That's your best last minute look and uh, lock in for all of your bets. So you know what to do. You've got everything planned ahead. Follow us and like. Friends, we will talk to you next time. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on the CFF Early Line Look. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Betting Pros Podcast. Follow us on X and TikTok at Betting Pros and Instagram at Betting Pros NFL. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.